just remind you that we are continuing on the second part of the message this morning, so that's why I'm up here because I want to record it with the recorder up here for those who aren't able to be here due to Awan and other ministries. Well, we're talking about um, spiritual gifts here, and I'm trying to lay a framework uh, for us to understand the following verses in Romans 12, 6 through 8. Uh, but in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, let me turn there myself, <clears throat> Peter kind of gives a very general um, statement about spiritual gifts, but focuses it to, for the purpose of spiritual gifts. And he says in 1 Peter 4, verse 10, As every man hath received the gift... Even so, minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Or that that word manifold means varied. Varied. And again, it has to go along with what we talked about with spiritual gifts, the variety, the varied grace of God. Minister that spiritual gift one to another. Be a good steward of the varied grace of God, he says. Then in verse 11, uh, he, he breaks down spiritual gifts kind of into two categories, uh, uh, speaking gifts and serving gifts. Not that speaking isn't serving, but uh, without words. In verse 11, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God or the very words of God. If any man minister or serve, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. There again is a reminder that um, a spiritual gifts, two people could have the same spiritual gift and uh, yet different abilities and capabilities and capacities with that gift. Let him do it as of the ability which God giveth for the purpose of that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Remember in an expository preaching class in college, uh, professor. Uh, Dr. Dave Doran uh, used this text here, especially verse 11 there, to help us understand what the purpose of preaching is. And he said, uh, um, if, I, if I were to sit uh, Peter on the front row and preach a passage from Peter, uh, I should be able to, after the message, go down to Peter and say, Peter, is that what you were saying? Is that what you're trying to say? Teaching the words of God. But here you see the, the, the two categories of speaking gifts, uh, in two general categories, speaking gifts and serving gifts, but you see the thrust of it. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So we look this morning at uh, uh, understanding our God-given, uh, God-given capabilities as a tool in God's hands and knowing our limitations, according to Romans 12.3. And the thinking that needs to go on, that process, that thinking soberly, to have sound judgment, to keep proper measure, not going beyond the set boundaries. And then we looked at uh, the, 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 uh, the background for spiritual gifts. Where did my spiritual gifts come from? If you don't understand God's eternal purpose, His theological purpose for spiritual gifts, uh, it's, it's not something that He decided later on, yeah, let's do this. This, this would really help things out. No, this is part of His eternal plan. It's for you to use your spiritual gift. And so we went through some of the uh, unfolding of that. And then we uh, looked at the, uh, the, the um, variety of spiritual gifts. Uh, just a quick overview of that. And uh, 
And and, uh, we're really focusing in the spiritual gifts that are listed in Romans 12, verses uh, 6 through 8. I think that'll be the most constructive for us. And then we saw the purpose of the gifts. It's to equip the church. Flip over with me um, to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12. Paul says, Even so ye, forasmuch as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Okay, you're zealous of spiritual gifts, Corinthians? Well, here's what you should be zealous for. Ultimately, be zealous for your spiritual gift being used to edify the church and not edify yourself. Not bring attention to yourself. That's what Paul says the purpose of the spiritual gifts are. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, after Paul lists the the, uh, offices, so to speak, of spiritual gifts, apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, pastor, teachers. He says they are to equip the church to do the work of the ministry. So they are to build up the church till Christ has returned. And then we saw uh, how many spiritual gifts there are. Those are listed on that chart there that you uh, trust uh, you, you have with you this evening there. Now here's a question we want to tackle next. Is your gift permanent? Can in your Christian life receive other spiritual gifts? Can other gifts be given? Can other ones that you had, um, you not have them anymore? Well, I'll tell you this. I don't really have a definite answer on that. But I will tell you this. The general tone of the New Testament seems to lean toward the permanency of, of, of one's gift. But, since the gifts are sovereignly distributed by God for His purpose, who could say if a gift could not be added or taken away as He sees fit for His glory? In fact, if you look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, we're reminded again of the role of the Spirit and, and, and his, his purpose in distributing the, the gifts. He says, But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally, as he will. As he will. So we divide, dividing to every man severally as he will. That dividing there, that word dividing there, is a, is a present participle. And it can be translated like this. As always continuing to divide, or always continuing to apportion out, or distribute gifts to each person individually. So the Spirit could withdraw it. He could add to it. He could cause it to be much stronger or weaker than it was, depending on His purpose. Also, if you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, Paul says, But covet earnestly the best gifts. Yet I show unto you a more excellent way. And he goes into uh, uh, the, the permanent gift of love there. So the Corinthians were told to earnestly desire the, the, more, the best or the higher gifts. Those that, uh, um, like prophecies, for example, that really built up the church. Which tells me, I mean, why would he tell them to, to, to desire those if, if that couldn't be uh, possibly added, depending on the will of God, to them? So, I don't really have a good answer to that. It seems like your gift would be something that you would have with you your whole life. 
uh, 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 and that would be it. But there, you could also, there's also, the door is still kind of cracked here. There's also the possibility that God could add another gift to you. For example, um, folks who later on in life are called to be a pastor. All right, that, according to Ephesians chapter 4, is something that, uh, that, that is a gift of God. That's one of those things that are, that, are, that, are, that are gifts that have been given to the church. A person wasn't always desirous of that. So God can certainly change hearts, and, 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 and this is something that I think is very difficult to pin down. But regardless, in the next age, the age to come, what we have as spiritual gifts right now, are going to be superseded by something far greater when Christ returns. In fact, look with me at 1 Corinthians 13, 8-10. First Corinthians 13, 8-10. After Paul talks to the Corinthians about how you want all these different gifts, and this is going on, and this is, this is happening, and I, uh, Paul says the thing that's going to last here is love. See, heaven is a community of love. Never-ending love. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, or 13, 8-10, Charity never faileth. It's never going to end. Love is never going to end. But whether there be prophecies, they're going to fail. They're going to end. Whether there be tongues, they're going to end. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Right now, life is about part. We don't have the full... Uh, orbed enjoyment uh, of God without sin in this world. We're limited in this world, aren't we? We know in part and we prophesy in part. Paul says in this, this in verse 10, But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. I believe he's talking about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly. Right now in this life we're looking through tinted windows. There's a tint on everything we see. Because this is a fallen world. But then, face to face, and whenever that, uh, and frequently when that phrase is used, face to face in the Old Testament, that refers to the face of God. The presence of God. Uninhibited. But then, in that age to come, face to face. Now I know in part. But then shall I know even as also I am known. More complete knowledge in eternity. So he says in verse 13, And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. So regardless, in the next age, whatever our spiritual gifts are now that we're to steward and to use, they're going to be superseded by something far greater when Christ returns. So it leads us to what I want to spend our time on this evening. How do I know my gift? How do I know my gift? As Scripture says, every believer has been given a gift to use for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ, the church. How do I know it? So, I want to try to uh, try to try to answer that question here tonight. How do I know my gift? Well, when Paul talks about spiritual gifts, he always has. It, it seems that he assumes that believers will know what their gifts are. He assumes that believers will know what their gift is as they serve. In fact, in Romans chapter twelve, which is our our um, our foundational text here. 
Uh, he just tells believers to use them after they have thought in, in sober judgment, to use them. Peter does this well, doesn't he, in 1 Peter chapter 4. And I've included here in that sheet there some assessment for yourself and, and others who have input in your life on that handout from the BUILD organization, that is uh, the organization that uh, produces the first principles and also our Antioch school material. It's a very, very helpful tool, but it is a tool. It's a tool, but it's some questions to make you think here. And uh, as you discover your gift, make love for one another. Make the love that you have for one another as a church your goal. And see simply your gift, not as the end, but a tool for that. To build up the church for the glory of God. Now, just walk through some of these here. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 through 7 here. says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but is the same God, which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man the prophet withal. Well, he says, first of all, there are diversities of gifts. There's varieties of gifts. Varieties of gifts. And as you're looking, and probably you want to focus right there on Romans 12, 6 through 8, there are, are there gifts listed in that passage that kind of jump out at you? Is there a gift there that, that you think uh, uh, it would be most effective? Do you have a sense of capability in? Well, maybe you're thinking, well, I don't really know what those mean. What in the world is prophecy? What's serving, teaching, encouraging, contributing, leadership, mercy? What exactly are those things? Well, that's why we need to go through these gifts specifically later on. But I want the wheels to be turning in your mind here. Have you ever had any input from anybody? A believer. People who know you best. Might even be family or friends or or other people who have put you in charge of something. Or asked you to do something concerning your gifts. What have they said to you? Have they observed something about you? Is there a certain gift, uh, number three there, in their observation, which of these gifts do you manifest? Are there, are there gifts in this list here that you'd have to say, that is not me. I, I mean, that, that one does not describe me. All right, That is not manifested in me. But there's a variety of gifts. And here's something else to think about. <clears throat> now, while a spiritual gift is not the same as a natural ability, it is true that many times God will use your natural abilities to display that spiritual gift. Are any of the gifts you've identified closely aligned with your natural talents and abilities? Your motivations. What motivates you to do things? What are your patterns in life motivate you? Keep in mind that it is probable that God would take some of your natural abilities and energize them through your spiritual gifts, supernaturally broadening or deepening what He has already given you through His creative design. God's made you a certain way, and as we said this morning, you can't be anything you want to be, but you can be exactly who God made you to be. And you, you, we're, we're all built differently. We have different ways of approaching life. We have different ways of thinking. If you've taken any education classes, 
you understand that kids learn in a variety of different ways. We're unique, just like everybody else, right? We're all different. Uh, uh, and, you know, there are, some, there are some tests you can take for your personality, and, and, and there are things that you can take that will show you how you learn. Uh, but understand that not everybody will fit any of those perfectly. We're all different. And we're all different because God has built us a certain way. And He has built you a certain way for a purpose. He hasn't built you a certain way just so, you, 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 as you look at yourself, you just seem weird compared to everybody else. Well, guess what? We're all weird. There's not anybody in this room that isn't weird. I'm sorry. We're all weird. Because we're all different. And that's what weird is. It's different. So what are your natural talents and abilities? How has God gifted you? Can you see how perhaps those things, those, those interests, the way you learn, the way you communicate, uh, the way you conduct life, the way you look at things, uh, could be aligned with the spiritual gift He's given you? This isn't a foolproof thing. It's not like you go through these, through these questions and, you know, bubble floats up in the air above your head that says, you know, ding, 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 this is it. But the wheels do need to turn in your mind to think about how God has uh, built you and what He's given you to serve the church with. There's also, according to 1 Corinthians 12, verse, verse 7, there are differences of administrations. Differences of ministrations, varieties of ministry, different ways of acts of service, ways of serving. While it's true that the gifts here that are listed, um, <clears throat> here are, are, the, are the gifts that are, that are stated in the New Testament, it's also true that not everybody will express the same, the, the, the same gift the same way. What kinds of ministries have you gravitated to, <clears throat> toward up to this point in your Christian life? Are there certain kinds of ministries that uh, you're really interested in? And others of them, that's not for me. Some of you uh, uh, are are really uh, um, kids. You really enjoy working with kids. And others of you are like, no way. (laughs) That's not for me. That's not not what I'm I'm built for. And you have a harder time uh, relating. Uh, What specific ministry experiences have you had already? Is there something in your mind that you would say, boy, if I had an opportunity to do this and serve God in this way, I would. this is what I would love to do. You always wanted to pursue. Question eight. You haven't had the courage or opportunity to do so. So what are they? <clears throat> Those are, these, are, these might be clues to how God has gifted you. Uh, what kind of roles in, in formal ministries have other people encouraged you to be involved in? If you're involved in a, in a specific formal ministry of the church, and someone says, you know, can you take over this or do this part here? Or uh, would you mind overseeing this? And, uh, and, and it's not because um, no one else will do it, uh, but it's because they, they see something in you that, that you know, is, you're, you're good at that. How does your, number 10, how does your natural abilities, your spiritual gift cluster, relate to the types of ministries in which you found yourself involved? Is it a coincidence that you found yourself always involved in this in this, this specific ministry? Or is that one of your gifts, perhaps? How God's motivated you. <clears throat> what are you doing in your job right now? Your job. What are the things in your job that you enjoy? The things in your job that you really don't enjoy? That might give you a clue into how you're made up. Which might give you a clue into your, your spiritual gift. 
Um, what are the things in your life that you've really enjoyed the most? Number 12, and experienced the most success. And by success, I mean uh, joy, fulfillment here. So there's a variety of ministries, uh, Paul says, or he, and he puts it this way, differences of administrations, the same Lord. And then in verse 6 of 1 Corinthians 12, he says, And there are diversities of operations, of operations, varieties of effects, a, a product here. How have you seen God use you in ministry? How have you seen God use you? Now I understand. God's going to just take us and stretch us and take us out of our comfort zones. I understand that. And uh, <clears throat> please understand, I'm not saying that if, if something is presented to you and, you, and uh, that, that, you, that your answer is always, no, you know, this, that's, that's not me or God hasn't made me like that. Um, we're all done things that haven't been our first choice and, and God stretches us that way to help see His His power in our lives. But in what ways have you seen God use you in ministry? Perhaps you've seen someone's eyes light up as you've been able to sit down next to them and bear their burdens with them. Perhaps folks have been built up as you've been able to share them things from the Word that you've learned. Perhaps you've been able to take a problem and find a solution to it and organize it. Administrate. Have you seen effects here in how God's used you? What types of ministry have you had the best effect, the most results, the most fruit? Number 15. What specific ministry involvement has been the most productive and has delivered the most powerful results? We don't want to be results-oriented, but we also don't want to ignore how God has used you for the edification. If the purpose of spiritual gifts is for edification, for building up the church, have you seen God use you to build up the church? Because of His grace at work in you. What's the times you felt God was really at work through you? How did He work? Was it through serving? Was it through mercy? Was it through leadership? Through teaching? What were you doing at the time? What kind of ministry? Because I'm going to tell you that because Paul assumes that we take our gifts and we run with them, if we have the right mindset about it, and that means that we got to already be serving. No one will discover their gift sitting in a pew all the time. You have to be serving. Are you consistently involved in similar ministry on an ongoing basis? And also I want to include this. Um, a spiritual gift does not have to be uh, only exercised in a formal Christian ministry here at this church, like Awana. You're the scattered church when you leave these four walls. We're the gathered church here. You're the scattered church when you leave. Your gift doesn't leave. Your gift doesn't leave. Some of you can exercise your gift with cards. Gail Mank has that gift, right? She can just write a card and show her concern and compassion. Wonder how you're doing and tell her what tell you what's going on. Um, and and she's doing it right there in her you know kitchen table or on the phone. Are you serving? Are you serving others? So have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Uh, uh, how many of you say, I, uh, uh, you know, I get a sense of, of perhaps 
uh, what my gift would be through the years. I've kind of, I kind of got a sense of it here uh, through the years. Anybody, anybody like that? You say, you know, I can, I got to kind of get a sense of. All right. So, so there's a lot of work to do, right? <laughs> I mean, if we're supposed to discover how God's made us and gifted us to build up the, the body of Christ, and this is something we really got to be serious about, isn't it? <clears throat> well, as you discover your gift, again, love, loving one another is the goal. It's a tool to serve, to build up the church. It's only a tool. And as I said this morning, it's not necessarily related to maturity. Maturity is not having or even using a gift, necessarily. See, again, the Corinthians. They had an abundance of gifts in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, Paul says, um, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Folks, spiritual maturity is walking with Christ. It's obeying His commands. It's using your gift to love others, to care for their needs, to build up the church, to be formed in His image and humility rather than, than, than pride in your gift. Like that man again in 3 John Diotrephes who loved to have the preeminence. He loved to have everybody look at him. Look at me. So think soberly about yourself and the measure of grace and the spiritual gift God has given you. So next week we'll look more at the specific categories of gifts in Romans chapter 12 and their qualifiers. Um, but I would certainly not discourage you from taking some of these uh, questions and really thinking. Or asking your spouse or someone else, hey, what do you think? If you had to say, such and such is my spiritual gift, what would it be? Find it, find the will of God and do it. That's success in the Christian life. Finding the will of God and doing it. Let's close in prayer.